You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Trick or treat, Lone Star Radio listeners. This is Dick, the general manager, taking this quick moment to remind you that Lone Star Community Radio is looking to fill some of our talk show slots along with some of our DJ slots. We have a new show airing on the 10th, Making Connections with Stacey Harris, which will air every second Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Make sure to check it out along with our other programs on Lone Star Community Radio. For more information on Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. And again, if you're interested in doing something with us, Call the station, 936-647-3776. Thanks for checking out this recording, and I hope you guys enjoy. And good afternoon. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This is the Good News Program with Ted Cox. Uh, welcome. We, um, we've got an interesting show today. We've got uh, two guests that are going to be talking about a similar subject. Both of them are going to be talking about uh, foster care and orphan care and the different ministries uh, that they have um, uh, going on to help uh, this uh, considerable problem. Uh, so in the first hour, I've got um, Cindy uh, Miracle uh, with me. And then in the second hour, you'll hear from Terry Jaggers, uh, and both of them are related in that they help one another. Or they're related to one another in that they, their organizations have a little bit of crossover. Um, but in this first hour, we're going to talk to Cindy uh, about her uh, ministry. Should I call it a ministry or an organization? Or an organization that is a ministry. Maybe. Yeah, that okay. sounds good. So, uh, and, and the name of her organization is Love uh, Fosters Hope. Uh, there are a number of things that are going to be going on and coming up in the immediate future, that is to say on Friday and Saturday that I wanted her to come in and talk about. Um, but uh, so since we're going to be somewhat limited in time in that we're going to have in our first hour, uh, Cindy with us, we're going to hop right in and uh, allow Cindy in this first segment uh, to tell us a little bit about uh, about herself. So Cindy, why don't you why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell us the your, a little bit about your story and what what led you to this ministry? And then uh, maybe in the second segment, after we go to break at about a quarter uh, after, uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about the ministry specifically. So, Cindy, welcome. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Ted, for having me here today. You're welcome. Um, I am the executive director of Love Foster's Hope. It is a, a nonprofit 501c3 organization that we started in 2012. Ah, so it's, it's fairly new. I didn't realize it was so new. Well, it's new, but we have been serving the children in, and teens in foster care for 17 years. Ah, okay. All right. So we have a good story to tell, a long story. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good, good. It developed over time. Okay. Um, I moved here to the Woodlands in 1992 and immediately became involved with CASA for okay. about a year and a half. Um I was, I still am the mother uh, of three children, at that time only two, and um, married. My husband works for Exxon. Okay. So it's a, a local business here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. International business. But, sure. Yes. <laughs> but that's what brought us to this community. Okay. And now, where are you from uh, originally? So you, did you, you're not from Texas, I'm assuming. So where, where were you from originally? I'm originally from Oklahoma. Okay. All right. Yeah. So not not far away. No, not far away. 
grew up there. And uh, as a child, I heard about kids that did not have parents. Mm. Um, as a child myself, my sisters teased me and told me I was adopted. And I didn't know what that meant. Wow. But okay. it didn't sound like a positive thing okay. <laughs> because they were teasing me. Right, right. And so when I asked my mom about it, she explained to me that I wasn't adopted, first of all, <laughs> but that uh, sometimes uh, little boys and little girls didn't have moms and dads to take care of them. Okay. And I immediately wanted to find them. I said, Mom, we got to find them. Where are they? You know, I just, it seemed so wrong that anyone right. should not have a mother or father. Right, right. And so I made a decision at four years old that, well, I'm going to adopt. That's going to happen. <laughs> I knew okay. that. But uh, it was a process, you know. I first had my children and then became involved with CASA. Okay, now explain for those who might not be familiar listening to us, what, what is CASA? CASA is Court Appointed Special Advocates. Okay, got it. Uh, it's All a right. wonderful organization here in Montgomery County. Uh, they, each person, each advocate is assigned a child or a family unit, you know, brothers and sisters, to represent them in the court system. And they get to be a voice for the child that doesn't get interrogated. They get to speak directly to the judge about that case, that circumstance. Ah, okay. All right. And so, right. so that's how they work with the kids. Okay. So I, I did that for a year and then continued to um, just be involved with them, helping them out with their Christmas parties. Okay. Um, but then I started doing these camps for children in foster care. Okay. And uh, it was overwhelmingly amazing. Okay. It was um, to be with these little kids and love them and have fun with them and see the transformation from the minute they come to camp to when right. they leave was probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. No, so so the kids would would come to this for a week or two weeks mm -hmm. or so so for a week, uh, and so what? And I know it'd be a little bit difficult to generalize all the types of kids, but what were some of um, some of the examples of the types of homes or the types of places they would be coming from? Uh, and then why was this camp such such a respite or such a such a wonderful place for them to come? What will can you share maybe a couple of stories about maybe some of these kids and what were they experiencing uh, for the other 51 weeks or 50 weeks of the year? You know, what's interesting about your question is the foster parents drop the kids off and we really don't know what's going on uh, in okay. that home. Okay. And, and they stay, the children stay with us for a week Okay, and then they go back. Um but I've known some of these kids since they were six years old, and they're uh, now 22, 23. And because of this long-term relationship, I have heard their stories. Okay. They have, uh, these kids have attended our camp every single summer, became a part of our mentoring program, and now they come back and they serve. They're a part of our team now. Okay. Uh, the older ones are also a part of a program that we call the Emerging Leaders. Okay. They want to be a voice for change. They want to uh, raise awareness. Um, a lot of people really don't understand foster care. Yeah, yeah. They don't understand uh, how difficult it is, what a struggle it is. And, um, and you're talking about primarily the struggle for the child or for the family or? For the child. For the child. Okay. Yes. So just an example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something's not right at their home, right? 
you know, either they're being neglected or they're being physically abused or okay. having other severe types of abuse is going on, or they would not be removed. Okay. So the state has deemed it necessary to remove them from the home for their safety. Okay. So now they're living in a foster home, but that whole process of just removing them is incredibly traumatic. Oh, I can't imagine. Because yeah. even even if uh, the parents are not making good choices, mm-hmm. maybe right. they're having addiction problems, they probably right. still really love their kids. Right. Okay. Yes. But they're not parenting them well. Okay. And the children may be in some form of danger, but they still long for their parents. They still love their parents. Right. And so now they're placed in a home of strangers. That's very traumatic. Mm, If you think about four-year-old and five-year-old children that they have to have their little puppy every night, you know, their Mm. little stuffed animal to go to bed, and they have to have their routine, maybe a book being read to them and the special soft blanket, you know. None of that exists now. They have okay. just been removed. They don't get to go around and select things that are special to them. Okay. They're just, a lot of times, they take a garbage bag and throw a few belongings in it. Mm. And then they take the children to a stranger's home. And the house smells different. And they might have a dog or a cat that they're scared of. And there's oh, other shoot, kids yeah. there that they don't know. Right, right. And they don't know... You know, they they miss their other relatives. They might miss their neighbors. Everything in their world has just been turned upside down. Okay. And so, um, th- th- and that's really sad. And I don't know how you avoid that, but that is very traumatizing to a child. Right. That's traumatizing to a teenager. I can imagine. In fact, Absolutely. Ted, yeah. I think it would be traumatizing to you if we just took you away from your t- entire family right now and said, you have to live over in this home with these people and you can't contact your family. Right. You would be upset. You would probably be angry. Right. Yeah. And, and, and um, uh, do, have you seen some of these kids? And of course, I didn't let you finish your story. So we'll get back to that after after uh, just a minute or two. But I think this is really interesting to understand, you know, what's going on with the, with the children. Now, they, they've been, in many cases, taken from their homes. Is there a feeling also, not of just newness, but abandonment? Absolutely. Uh, like, why, maybe why is this happening? But uh, why why don't they love me? Or why did they hurt me? Or you know, have you seen that uh, some of these stories? Did they have they do they have a tendency to blame themselves in any way? Like, Absolutely. If I were a insert thing here, better person, whatever it happens to be. So have you seen that as a Absolutely. as an example? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I I'm not a very good person. Or and even like while the children are in foster care, and let's say that the parents have a problem with addictions, then it's real obvious to solve that problem, they need to address their addiction problem. Gotcha. And for a child to um, have their parental rights terminated because their parents won't address that, then that means I'm not valuable enough mm-hmm. for them to fight for me. Okay. I'm not important enough for them to stop using drugs. Okay. And that's just... So they're blaming themselves, e- even if there's not a, a feeling of, of love, but there, there's some blame they're assigning to themselves? Well, it's more of a lack of worthiness. Okay, okay gotcha. You know. Right. Uh, yeah, so um, for, for those of you who may be just joining us, this is uh, the Good News Show. We're, we're broadcasting in downtown Conroe on 104.5 and 
Uh, and you can also, if you're uh, screaming down I-45 and you get to the place where you're, you're going to land, you can pick up the stream on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, in the studio, we have uh, the director, the executive director of Love Fosters Hope, uh, Cindy Miracle. Uh, I uh, interrupted her story. Uh, we're going to go to break here in just, uh, just a few seconds. So on the other side, I'll ask you to pick that story up because you, you talked about your childhood and this camp. But you know, what, what was driving this? And then I want to continue to get into more of the camps and the rest of the ministry for Love Fosters Hope. So uh, we will talk to you on the other side of the break. Again, this is the Good News Show with Ted Cox. Attention, movie lovers. The Ticket Stub is a new radio show servicing Montgomery County that is meant for you. The Ticket Stub is available live every Thursday at noon on FM 104.5 and 106.1, as well as anytime on IRLoneStar.com. Connor and Dick will let you know what's coming out in the theater, what is worth streaming, and what's going on in the world of film. The Ticket Stub, your home for movie talk. And welcome back. You're listening to the Good News Program on uh, Conroe's own Lone Star Community Radio. We're broadcasting on 104.5 and 106.1 and from downtown, uh, lovely metropolitan Conroe on a beautiful day here in North Houston in, in Texas. Uh, so if you're streaming from somewhere else, we're actually just north of the Woodlands, just north of the downtown Houston, Texas. Uh, and uh, so this is the Good News Show. We uh, didn't really introduce the show, but just as a reminder for if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, kind of the purpose of the show is for us to take just a couple of hours on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, we broadcast typically on Central Time Zone from 1 to 3. And, and the idea of the show is that while we're bombarded uh, the other 22 hours today and then the 24 hours a day, seven days a week with what looks like just a continual stream of bad news, uh, what sometimes gets lost in all of that is that there are just some good, just ordinary folks like you and me uh, who are doing extraordinary things in the community to improve people's lives or make them feel just a little better, just giving them a little hope. And, and one of those folks that uh, I am just getting to know now is uh, Cindy Miracle. She is the executive director of a, a ministry, of a program here in northern Houston, North Houston, located in the Woodlands. Uh, and the name of the organization is Love Fosters Hope. Uh, and so we're having her here in studio to tell us a little bit about uh, her organization and her motivation and passion for doing it. Uh, and then there are some events that you can get involved. So if you listen, as you're listening through what she's saying, uh, if it touches you in a certain way that you feel led to uh, contribute uh, to, to her ministry and her organization, uh, we will certainly give you plenty of opportunities to reach out uh, and make contact. Uh, so as right before we went to break, I, I interrupted her own story for how all of this began, how her ministry began. But before I do that, let me give you her website. It's lovefostershope.org lovefostershope.org. And of course, on our, our Facebook page, uh, you can go to Facebook and look us up on the Good News Program. 
Uh, and I'll have links to it. I know she's got a couple of events coming up in just a couple of days that she's going to want to tell us about. So, so pardon the interruption. So let me uh, return to your story. You, uh, your, your siblings uh, uh, kind of prompted you and, and you began to understand kind of what adoption was. And, and even at four, I can't imagine uh, at four when we're just looking at playing uh, and not eating um, Play-Doh, that you've gotten this in your in your heart, this conviction of I, I'm gonna I'm gonna adopt. I'm going to help some of these kids that perhaps don't have moms and dads. Uh, so you, you you introduced us to that, and you, of course you you can correct any of that 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 uh, that you feel you should. Uh, and then as you moved from Oklahoma to Texas, um, that one of the first things that you did where you were having camps for these foster kids. So kind of. Uh, kind of pick us up on on that story and how that sort of began and how it grew and and so forth. So okay, so um, I never ate play doh. By the way, <laughs> I did. That's a boy thing. Maybe I don't. Know Maybe sure. so. <laughs> so um, uh, seventeen years ago, our church started this camp. It's actually part of a national organization called Royal Family Kids Camp. Ah, okay. And so y- you. Um, go to California or one of the those okay. spots to get the training. And then we started this camp. Okay. Okay. And it was just knocked everybody's socks off. It okay. was so amazing. I, it was hard to tell the first year whether the staff, the adults, got you know, it. got more out of it than the kids. <laughs> but, this, this was 17 years ago. Yes. And and was it also here in, in the Woodlands area? Yes. Okay. Well, our camps are at different campsites oh, around, okay. but okay. yes, it was located right here. Okay. So and what what church was it? What's Woods Edge Community oh, so Church, Woods Edge. Okay, uh-huh. right it. out of Woods Edge, and so and Jeff, if you're if you're listening, hello, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Wells is is uh, is a is a really wonderful man. I, I love what he's what he's done and the way he's uh, orchestrated that church and, and and brought some really wonderful people in. So I have a fond real fondness for for Woods Edge. I would so. agree with you. Yes, yes, of course. Jeff is very <laughs> much an empowerer. Yes, there's no question. Yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, we started these camps, and then um, they went from age six to eleven years old. Oh, and so after okay. a couple of years, this was heartbreaking when the kids couldn't return after they turned twelve years old. And so I went to Oregon and did the training to become the director of the next camp, uh, Teen Reach Adventure Camp, also a national organization. Ah, oh, okay. And so ten okay. years ago, we started our teen camp. Okay. And then that went to 15 years old. And then there were some 15-year-olds at the camp in, I guess it's been six years ago. Okay. That said, so we're yeah, coming yeah. back to camp <laughs> next year. And I go, I'm sorry, you know, it's up to age 15. You'll be 16. You can't come. And they go, oh, no, Cindy, that's oh, not going to work. <laughs> no. Try again. <laughs> but there wasn't another national organization that was doing the camps for the next age level. And oh, so, okay, um, that's interesting. One of the young ladies came up to me and she says, "Well, then you're going to have to start it." Okay, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> but I was obedient. Yes. <laughs> and uh, actually, this camp was designed by a group of teenagers. We oh. brought back the following year uh, four girls and four boys to the teen camps, and they designed identical camps. They wanted us to include life skills. They wanted okay. us to. Uh, have more experiences about preparation for being an independent adult. Okay. There, okay. There's a lot of fear amongst that 
the teenage population, that they don't feel equipped, they don't feel ready. Well, what are some of the things that they feel like they're not ready for? I know certainly you're getting into things like driving and relationships, and what are some of the things that, that, that they felt fearful on, that they weren't prepared, and maybe how does the camp help them with that? Well, I think I need to back up just a little bit and explain that all foster homes are not equal. Mm, Okay. So you have some people that are very motivated, very loving. They want to be a part of the healing process for the kids in foster care, and they're phenomenal. And so they're trying to fill in everything any other parent would, you know, uh, be trying to teach their kids. Okay. But there's another group of foster parents, and this is really hard to determine when when you're recruiting people to be foster parents, but there's a group of them that are doing it for the money, and they're managing the kids. Okay. And so the kids do not feel like they have cheerleaders. They don't feel like they're the—that they have parents that are believing in them. Okay. And so the difference in those two type of homes are just huge. Okay. It's just— so huge in the outcome. So if you're a child in foster care Mm -hmm. and uh, if something is not working out well in one foster home, then it has been up until recently, the plan just move them to another foster home. And so these kids can get moved from foster home to foster home, from one school to the next school. Okay. All this disruption. Just unsettled. The lack of stability. Lack of routine. Yes. It's really troubling. Right. And like, maybe you're doing really well in science at one school and you go to the next school and you're behind. Ah, okay. You okay. Know, so the one thing you can sort of grip on yeah. has now been taken away from you again. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. And gotcha. so the, that kind of environment is not the best nurturing environment. It's, it, it's not going to create kids that feel confident about themselves, right. that uh, believe in themselves right. or even fosters an environment for them to have goals and dreams. Okay. And so that's what we found a lot of times when the teenagers start arriving at our camps is they feel pretty worthless. Okay. They, they've internalized okay. A, the reasons for a lot of things that have happened to them is their fault. Uh, they're, they're not worthy for their parents to work hard enough to, to um, make it where they, they will return to their homes. Okay. And so, uh, and then shifting around and everything. And if you're, being raised by parents that are just managing you and they're not loving you. Right. It's bad. It's bad news. In fact, I would say, Ted, that in our whole nation, I believe that this is kind of like the quiet, silent crisis that is going on. Okay. The, uh, The statistics for negative end results for this population. Right. This vulnerable population is huge. Like homelessness, um, is Three out of every 10 homeless person is a former foster kid. Really? Three? Okay. 69% of kids in foster care are targeted to be, end up incarcerated. Wow. Okay. Um, this was a statistic I heard the other day. Well, oh my goodness. two years out of leaving foster care, 66% of them will be either homeless, in jail, or dead. Okay. 66%. My goodness. So as you can see, I'm calling this a crisis in our right. nation. Um, I feel like there is now a new movement. More awareness is happening, right? Which we need, right? Because right. there are amazing people out there that could have such amazing influence on these kids' lives, a right. great impact. So what we do are these summer camps, which 
We want every kid when they leave our camp to feel significant, to feel valued, to know that there's a purpose for their life, to try to help connect them with their dreams and their goals. When, a, okay. when any child has dreams and goals, then they're striving for something. Right. And that gives them motivation to reject all of these other negative influences in life. You know, if you right. want to be an athlete or a dancer or go to college, then you know drugs is not going to be uh, adding to that. And so it's easier for you to reject things that are right. negative. Right. This is for all teenagers. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. That, that uh, you know, every time I have a conversation, we were having just a brief conversation before we went on air and I, you asked me my sort of home life and and I said in response, because I had a mom and a dad, and they are still married even and alive, still even today, I have no clue, really. I can hear the stories, and I can see the children. I can hear stories from people like you that manage, but I have no idea. And so as I hear more and more of this, it just breaks your heart. It really breaks your heart. So uh, we are going to go to the bottom of the hour um, break here. Uh, we will return in just a couple of minutes with Love Fosters Hope uh, Executive Director, uh, Cindy Miracle, and we are going to continue with this. And as we work our way through, we're going to tell you all the ways you can get involved. Talk to you in a couple of minutes. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. And welcome back. This is the Good News Program. We are broadcasting live in downtown Conroe on Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5, 106.1. So if you're jetting around in your cars and you are interested in picking up the rest of the program, is I think we're going to really be talking about how you are going to be get, able to get involved with Love Foster's uh, Hope. Uh, in the studio, we have uh, Cindy Miracle, and she's going to be uh, telling us a little bit more about some of the programs she has going on and how you can get involved, because there's a couple of events that are coming up just in the next couple of days. And, and so we want to kind of pick back up um, a little bit on, uh, on some of the problems uh, that, uh, that, that foster kids uh, face, uh, some of the challenges they face, and then talk a little bit about your camps and your mentor programs, because uh, certainly within that, you can't do it all yourself. You have probably some very good sponsors, which are located on your website, which is lovefostershope.org. Uh, but there, my guess is in this enormity of this problem, uh, there's always a need for people to come alongside and help. And so uh, so tell us, uh, you know, kind of refresh our our, uh, our memories as we were coming off uh, off the break on some of the challenges that some of the foster kids uh, facing as they come into your camps. And I know you have some quotes and some stories to tell uh, as people have gone through your program and, and the turnaround that you've been able to uh, administer for them. Yeah. So. Okay, Ted. Yeah. I would say um, the 
the gentleman that drove our bus the first couple of years drove the kids to camp. Yeah. And then he would pick them up at the end of camp and mm. would take them back. He he came up to me after a couple of years and he goes, what are you doing to these kids? <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, minute, what? What, what, what's going on? And he goes, I am not taking the same kids back. Wow. And this and is one week, right? Yes. Wow. And I'm like, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? He goes, wow. It is chaos when they get on the bus. God, I can't imagine. You know, right. some of them are terrified. They're scared. Ted, some of the kids have not even been told that they're going to camp when they are brought there. What do they think they're they going? Don't, they just were told, pack your well, pack it, your bags. It's just another place I've been extracted out of. Yes. Is probably what they're thinking, right? They have no idea. What uncertainty. I cannot imagine the brokenness and the brokenheartedness some of these kids have that they have just no certainty for what lies just before them the next day. Exactly. That's amazing. Exactly. It's heartbreaking. So, but he says that when he would take them back, they're kind and they're wonderful to each other. And he's like, there is such a marketable dis- a difference wow. in what they see. Wow. And we get to see that, but and we're excited about them just being happy. Right. You know, smiling and laughing and engaging. I had one little boy last year that the first day of camp, uh, he was 12 or 13 years old. Mm. And, um, he, he, he didn't really participate with anything. Mm, okay. And they kept encouraging him. The counselors are not called counselors. They're called cousins because they have to oh. go talk to counselors about the bad stuff that happens in their life. Oh, and so, and we have a really low ratio. Two kids are assigned to one cousin. Wow. So, and, and how many kids do you have? We're in a typical, typical camp. Uh, about 40. 40. Okay. This, so you have, you need 80. No, wait, sorry. It's the other way around. 20. Right. But we end up outnumbering the kids at camp. Okay. Because we have, you know, people that are doing all the other activities and events. And so it's, we want the kids to have all of this very positive. Right. uh, Interaction with the kids, uh, attention. Um, That is one of the things that for someone to become resilient, for someone to heal. Right. For someone to be able to uh, overcome, you know, the obstacles that they've faced, the... The research has said they need to have some healthy attachment to another person that believes in them. Interesting. That's like their cheerleader. Right. And that's what our camp is filled with is all of our staff is trained. We train them and they understand trauma. They understand how um, the trauma has impacted the kids and the behaviors that you might see. Right. What you might look at that as... Uh, defiance. They don't want to participate in something. Mm, That's a defiant kid. It's not a defiant kid. It's a fearful kid. Of course. And so anyway, the end of that first evening, this young boy told his cousin, he goes, you know, (laughs) tomorrow I'm going to try everything. And he goes, I'm just not used to playing. These kids live in survival mode. It's a very different world. Many of them have been diagnosed with PTSD. Okay. So they're always just looking out, what do I need to do? How do I need to protect myself? Right. So anyway, yeah. um, and so the next day he fully engaged and loved it. Then the next thing he was uh, overheard talking to the other kids about our staff. He's like, right. who are these people? <laughs> never, <laughs> never seen people like this. Yeah. I mean, they probably haven't. Sometimes they that, have not. This, well, this, the other kids say, hey, you can trust them. They're really for real. They right. really like us for some reason, you know. Right, right. This is a quote, uh, one of the older boys. I met this kid when he was 12 years old. Okay. He's right. 17 years old now. He's oh. one of our, he's part of our emerging leaders. Okay. Our emerging leaders are the kids that want to be a 
voice for change. They want to raise awareness. Okay. Anyway, he wrote this this summer. He wrote, I couldn't depend on anyone. Mm. It was me versus the world. Love Foster's Hope has taught me that I am not alone. I'm so thankful for this big, happy family. I think that was one of the things that Mm. really shocked me the most uh, as the kids continued to age, you know, and become 16, 17 years old. They started really reflecting and communicating to us that we indeed were their family. Right. And in fact, (laughs) that responsibility kind of overwhelmed me at first. But um, when they've been moved so many times, for some of these kids, we are the one consistent, positive person or people in their lives. It's like every summer when they come to camp, it's like a big family reunion. Okay. And then and now do a lot of the kids come year after year, uh, certainly until they reach. W- as the kids will tell you, we yeah, will yeah. track them down. <laughs> <laughs> we will, we will try to find them. Sometimes they do disappear. Yeah. I, want, I wondered how you kept, kept track because some of the kids, if they're younger, especially don't have emails and no. the sort of typical thing we as adults would connect and mm-hmm. cell phones and texting and Facebook and wherever else. These kids probably don't have any of that, do they? Especially the younger ones. The, Maybe the older ones. The may children have it. do not. They okay. do not. But some so it of the is older difficult. ones. Yes, it okay. is. It is. But we do try. And the problem also is like maybe the CPS worker uh-huh. uh, that they had that had was the one that recruited them to come to camp. Right. They may not be working for CPS anymore. So. Oh, that's, so there's yeah, different there's, things like that involved. And so, uh, so your camps. Um, I know you were going to talk a little bit about your mentor programs and so forth, but but describe describe the camps. So. Um, for example, uh, how many are there? Because uh, during the summer, how do they register? You you said that, uh, or how would the kids come involved? Um, you you mentioned forty. Is is that a is that a purposeful cap, or could you could you accommodate more? I mean, just kind of the little bit about the how the the summer yeah. camps play out. So we do want it to be an environment that they feel special, and we don't want them to be overwhelmed. Okay, and so. We, we know that 40 works okay. and that 40 is comfortable. This okay. summer, we're going to raise it to 50 to see if 50 okay. is okay. still um, where they don't become so overwhelmed. And do you have multiple camps or is it just one camp? Per... We have four camps right now. Okay. And then one retreat for the older the kids uh, that are part of our Emerging Leaders Program. Okay, got it. And so uh, an example of what we do at all of the camps is every cabin is assigned their own photographer. And this photographer... <laughs> follows these kids around and takes all the pictures of them swimming and doing archery and their talent show acts and, you know, just all the activities that they're doing. Okay. Arts and crafts, you know, we always have some, we have a birthday party for the little children and every child gets their own birthday cake with their name on it. We we have all of the, the whole, you know, uh, streamers and, you know, all birthday gifts, everything, because some of these kids have never never had a birthday party. Uh, at the uh, camps for the older, for the teenagers, we set up a dress shop filled with prom dresses. Oh, my goodness. Hundreds of prom dresses. Oh, so cool. And all the shiny, sparkly shoes and yeah. the jewelry and everything. And so they get to go in the very first day and choose a prom dress. Oh, that's so My wife will want, want to participate there. Oh, my She's much, very much so a girly girl. Yeah. It's and she has so nothing but boys in the family, so. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, so much She's going to hook up with you, I'm quite sure, and say, so, and uh, help you with the girly girl stuff. Yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> and so then the last night at camp, we have a dance. Everybody gets dressed up. We have another whole team of volunteers that come just to do their hair, their makeup, their oh, nails. Man. 
you know, uh, we have a limo so pull cool. up. One time, well, a couple of times, we've hired a horse and carriage to transport them from their uh, cabins to the area that we're having the nice dinner with China and all the silverware. Oh well, we teach them about etiquette, which fork to use. We we really want them to feel like they're loved and they're cared for. Yeah. And all of these things do make them feel special. Right, right. Um, and, and so how do you carry that forward? How do you continue that? Because it's, you know, if you have a week and you feel great and certainly that may wear off a bit. I mean, I may have fond memories of my cousins or the directors, but but a week or two, a month, all of a sudden you're kind of back into regular life, right? Yes, I mean, you're into exactly. rejection and exactly. uncertainty. So how uh, exactly uh, so, how how does that carry forward? And so we started a mentoring program, okay. and we're we love it. We're so excited. We feel like uh, you know, Child Protective Services has entrusted us to okay. mentor these kids, and it's amazing privilege. So our mentors go and pick them up, and they continue that relationship. Uh, it's intentional mentoring. We are really trying to help them plan their lives. Okay. Help them connect with their dreams and their goals and their talents and their gifts, and then help them understand the next step, what you need to do. Okay, if you really want to be a nurse, then you're going to need this kind of education. Okay. And these are the kind of grades you're going to need to make okay. in high school. And so now all of a sudden high school becomes important because that's going to help you reach your goal. And in, much, in many ways, it's probably a way out. Absolutely. I mean, there's self-sufficiency. There's a number yes. of things that begin to come into play. So, yes. well, we are going to, to go to our uh, final break before the top of the hour. You, you're listening to the Good News Program, and we are broadcasting in downtown Conroe on Lone Star Community Radio. And in studio, we have Cindy Miracle of Love Fosters Hope. And we'll be right back after the break to finish our conversation with her. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. And welcome back to the Good News Show with Ted Cox. We are broadcasting from downtown Conroe on 104.5 and 106.1. Uh, and as you get landed, if you want to continue to stream our program, you can do so either on our app uh, or on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, in our studio for the final segment, uh, final few minutes that we have, we have Cindy Miracle from Love Fosters Hope. Uh, and it is a, a, a tremendous, a beautiful ministry and organization that uh, really uh, takes uh, foster kids in a great deal of uncertainty and rejection uh, and gives them a beginning of the glimpse of hope. Uh, and then uh, with their mentor programs, which I'll ask Cindy to continue to sort of finish her thought because we had the break that interrupted it, uh, some of the mentor. And then we want to make sure that if you're listening and you're hearing this tremendous uh, problem and this huge need that we have to, uh, to really um, uh, minister to and to uh, 
to help those foster kids. If you feel so led, we want to make sure that you know how you can get involved uh, with Love Fosters Hope. Uh, they have a couple of events coming up even this weekend, and then they have their camps and mentors. There's a number of ways I'm sure you can get involved with both your time as well as your treasure. So I'll, I'll let Cindy uh, describe to us those needs and how you can get involved. But uh, anything that we're talking about here, they've got a really nice website that has a lot of information on it, not only about themselves and the upcoming um, programs that they have, but how to get involved and also their partners. So the the different camps that they are administering from. Uh, and that website is lovefostershope.org. Uh, and if you're connected with me on, on Facebook, on a good news program on Facebook, I will link to that by the end of the show. Uh, and if you want to rehear any of this, in the next day, we'll have the podcast up and a re, uh, uh, the show will also be on YouTube so you can rewatch it so that you can stop and listen and, and take notes and, and make, make notes from that. Uh, so again, Cindy, um, go ahead and, and pick back up uh, any of the last thoughts that you have or continuation of thoughts that you have with regards to the uh, to the beginnings of, uh, of ministering to these kids with your camps uh, and then how the mentoring program takes this change, this almost, almost instant change for this week uh, and continues it so that you're building um, good, uh, strong, uh, potentially independent adults, because we're taking them from uh, uncertain uh, young adults to uh, well-adjusted, if you will. It's probably a bad way to say it uh, psychologically, but but adjusted kids that that are independent and self-sufficient and uh, can uh, trust others so that they can have healthy relationships with spouses and friends. So tell us, uh, I guess, kind of pick back up on the mentor and then as you are working your way through that, tell us how we can we can get involved and come alongside and support you. Okay, great. So um, at our camps, trust is established. Okay. So then after camp, the teens are matched with people that want to mentor them. <laughs> and we are looking for more mentors. It okay. would be phenomenal. It would be wonderful if every one of our kids in foster care had a mentor, somebody that was would listen to them, be their champion. Uh, we give excellent training to help prepare okay. people to do this. I was just going to ask, so so I'm sitting, uh, I'm driving in my car, I'm listening to the stream, and I go, you know what, I can do that. Yeah. So how how would uh, how would they go about connecting with you? Uh, what is the training program? What are some of the qualifications? I mean, what what if I was an individual listening and I said I want to do it? Tell me tell me how I would go about doing it. I think the easiest way is for them to go to our website okay. and then just hit contact and send us an email and okay. say, I'm interested in being a mentor or I'm interested in serving at camp. We have so many different ways people can serve at camp. And that might be a good way to get your feet wet at first. Okay. And also to connect with a teen. You know, uh, a lot of times people come to the camp and then they go, I am I have really connected with this kid. I'm supposed right. to mentor them. Okay. And the commitment is just for one year, and okay. the commitment is to okay. see them twice a month. Now, some mentors oh, okay. are able; their life allows them. Maybe they see them every week, and now they have someone that is showing up at their school activities and cheering for them. Right, right. But we only make the commitment for one year because we do not want to make any promises to these kids that cannot be kept. They've had so many yes. promises broken. Okay. But we have mentors that have started mentoring them at 12 or 13 years old, and they're young adults, and they're still their mentor. 
Wow. You know? Okay. Okay. Um, I'll tell now, you. Now, would that start at the camp and then continue, or is this outside the camp? After camp is over, After then okay. people will tell us, you know, who they want to mentor, or you don't have to go to camp. You can just become a mentor. Okay. And, and, and about how many slots do you have now? How many people, if you if you said, I can, I, I can have my full range of number of people, about how many people would you need right now to take care of the kids that well, you... So the, the commissioner of CPS has said, would you mentor all the kids? You know, okay. I would I would love for <laughs> okay. our program to expand and have, you know, okay. like little franchises around the whole state because it's that powerful, that impacting. And about how many kids would that be, roughly? Oh, in our state? Well, in our community, in Montgomery County, we have about 600 children and teenagers that are in foster care. Now, we're only mentoring them from 12 on up. Okay. And so, so, so a subset of that, a quarter of that, or half of that. I mean, so you maybe. you could you could do with 200, 250 Absolutely. mentors, and Absolutely. and still be right. uh, okay. So, yeah. so that gives me a frame of reference. So we 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 need to be uh, uh, thinking about promoting, praying about another 200, 250 folks to Absolutely. to come in and and be a part of that. You you mentioned on your website in just a few minutes that twenty five years or older. So some of the qualifications. So if you're sitting there and you're and your 25 years, a desire to work with a, a teen, warmth, openness, willing to listen, ability to set limits, uh, ability to travel, and the commitment for, for at least a year. Now, of course, you're going to come to love this child, and so so you're going to, your commitment, but but the minimum commitment as you're coming into the program will be for one year. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. And, you know, um, a lot of times people think, oh, how could camp make that much of an impact or how could a mentor make that much of an impact? Right. There's a, I had a group of the older kids. Uh-huh. We were actually uh, discussing how foster care needs to be improved. And at the end of our discussion, I just said, how, how has impa- uh, Love Foster's Hope impacted your life? And this one young man said to me, mm. he goes, Cindy, I probably would be dead. Oh my gosh. And this young man Saving is a, a student at Lone Star College. He has a job. He's uh purchased a car. Wow. He has an apartment. These are huge accomplishments. Oh. Huge. Yeah. And uh, I, so I just said, oh, you would not. And he goes, yeah. Cindy, the first year I came to camp, when I went back to my foster home, I stopped a relationship with a group of kids and some of them are dead now. Oh, my goodness. And wow. so it is pretty exciting that we are helping kids go in a different direction, a better direction than they were heading in, okay. in the first place. So we talked a little bit about um, education and so forth. That we really haven't addressed much of the spiritual side. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about maybe uh, the complete person has a tremendous uh, hole, a need uh, from a spiritual standpoint. So do you address any of that in your in your camps or in your mentoring or you know, uh, outside of 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 perhaps just the camps. You know, I'm a Christian Mm -hmm. and I feel like God has called me to this ministry, but we are not trying to force our faith at all on any of these kids. All right. But we do tell them how much God loves them, that he has actually called us to come and communicate their value. Right. So we're a Christian organization that is loving them. Okay. The way Jesus would love them. Uh, they could come from different faith backgrounds. Okay, yeah. And yeah. so we respect that. But we do very clearly communicate God's love for them. Okay, good, good. All yeah. right. I just wanted to make sure since we were trying to cover the 
the fullness of what you were doing as, a, as an organization and as a ministry. So, well, we, we only have a few minutes, so I want to make sure that you're covering uh, events, needs, uh, again, how we can, how people can connect. We've already mentioned lovefostershope.org under the connect. Uh, there's a lot of information for those of you who may be looking at the site or going to look at it as, as you get to your, your homes. Again, it's lovefostershope.org. I'll link to it from the uh, Good News uh, Program Facebook page. There's a tremendous wealth of information about how to get involved, the upcoming events, donations, contact, and so forth. But tell us about maybe some of the uh, most immediate uh, events that are coming and most immediate needs that you may have, because uh, almost everybody that we've had on the program has said that we have our normal needs, uh, and then we have post-Harvey needs. So uh, just kind of describe to us how all the needs so that we can come alongside and help you. Okay. Um Tomorrow, we have a golf tournament going on. Okay. We're a part of the Woodlands Country Club Charity Classic. And so there are some spots. If, okay. if anybody's a golfer, you can uh, go there or go to our website and link there, and you can join or form a team, and that would be fantastic. Okay. So golf now, tournament tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Now, Saturday is an event called Run for Hope. Okay. It is at Market Street in the Woodlands. It is a 10K, a 5K, and a one-mile fun run. Okay. Um. This event was almost canceled because of oh, Harvey. Okay. Harvey happened three weeks. We could not promote this event. Right. It right. was, you know, right. there was other immediate needs that were going on. And so at some point I thought, because to lose three weeks prior to a big event, that promotion time is pretty huge. It's huge. And right. we lost a lot of sponsors. In fact, we ah. lost every sponsor that oh had goodness. not already given us a paycheck, but that said that they wanted to sponsor us. Right. But they said, we have to redirect this to Harvey. Okay. And so at one point I started thinking, maybe we should cancel and not do this. Okay. And I saw this headline. It said, so many people are trying to put their world back together. They've lost their possessions, right. stability. They've lost their homes. And they have no idea when life will be normal again. Right. And then I realized that is what kids in foster care live through every single day. Right. And I, we felt like, okay, we got to forge ahead. And so we're doing <laughs> Run for Hope on Saturday. Okay. We would love people to come out. It's, you know, if you don't run, you can walk. Right. <laughs> There's a one mile walk. Well, good, good. So uh, so we have the golf tournament tomorrow, still a couple open slots. Uh, are you, and people can, can show up even uh, on Saturday, even the morning of and run? Yes, Saturday that... morning at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. You okay. could, uh, to register, or you could, uh, the race starts at seven o'clock. Got it. And the older teens will be doing a little 10 minute program. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. Well, well, Cindy, it's been uh, just a tremendous uh, pleasure to have you in. Thank you for coming and telling us uh, the problems that exist within the foster care uh, community and what you're doing to, to help. Uh, for Again, if anybody is listening and wants to get involved, go to lovefostershope.org. Uh, again, I'll, li I'll link from our Facebook page. Uh, and so we just so appreciate what Cindy and, and all of the people within the organization is doing. Uh, we're going to the top of the break now. On the other side of the break, you're going to hear from uh, another tremendous woman. Her name is Terry Jaggers, and she has got another organization that addresses the tremendous needs of foster and orphan care. And so on the other side of the break, stay tuned on the good news program for Terry and her organization. And we will talk to you just after the break. 
Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Well, welcome back. You're listening to The Good News Show with Ted Cox. We're broadcasting out of city of Conroe on FM 104.5 and 106.1. You can also stream live on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, I have in the studio with me today, uh, Terry Jaggers. She is the president for of Orphan Care Solutions. And I've been excited. I've been wanting to have her uh, in the studio now for some time because she's got a very interesting organization uh, taking care of uh, of orphans. And so she's going to talk to us about uh, how her organization started. It's a very interesting start to it. What what the organization does, who is foster foster kids and foster care, and how you can get involved. So Welcome to the studio, Terry. Thanks, Ted. I've been looking forward to this probably more than you have. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Well, um, let's uh, let's do a quick start for those uh, who might not be familiar with your organization, and we'll talk a lot about foster care as we go. Uh, and just for everyone uh, who is listening, uh, if you're streaming live, you can go to orphancaresolutions.com uh, because we're going to be making reference to not only their story. Uh, but the gallery, some events that are coming up. And so if you're streaming, you can um, you can go ahead and call up their website. Uh, if you're listening live on the radio, uh, I will post this on my Facebook page, The Good News Show on Facebook, and you'll have all of the links uh, necessary, whether it's uh, getting involved with your talents uh, or giving or coming to one of their events. So it's orphancaresolutions.com. Uh, and so uh, Terry, tell us a little bit about the organization and how it got started and those types sure. of things. Sure. Um, so originally, if you think about people here, Orphan Care Solutions, why do we why do we have a comp- an organization called Orphan Care Solutions in, mm-hmm. in Texas? Because uh, orphans are traditionally considered by most people to be the um, fatherless children that are in foreign countries or in, in third world countries, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we started off really as Foster Care Solutions of Texas. Okay. So it started off as a, a way at which we were trying to find um, how do we create re- really strong collaborative efforts that would create solutions in our foster care system. And oh, so that's where, so okay. when you think about okay. foster care, um, uh, you know, the church as, as the church sees foster care or ch- sees orphan care, we see it as it's the fatherless. So that's mm. where orphan care solutions. So if you ever have a chance to see our logo, yes. you see it actually has foster care solutions, but it's been, the word foster has been taken out with a lot, a black line yes. and has been replaced with the word orphan care. So it's oh, really, okay. it really actually acts as our organization acts as the clearinghouse and bridge for foster care. So it's like the clearinghouse for all things foster care and the bridge between uh, the church's talents and, um, and, and gifts into the foster care system's problems and needs. So when you think about kind of, even as the cross, we think about the, the, just the whole, the whole understanding that there's a bridge between love and brokenness. 
Gotcha. Right. Okay. So okay. that's the same thing that Orphan Care Solutions offers is love and the talents of the church and the gifts of the church into the brokenness of our foster care system. And so the foster care system is broken in so many different areas that our government as as um, as much as they've tried, right. it was never there. I don't think God ever intended for the government to take care of the fatherless children in our communities. Yeah, and it it's was, a unique mandate of the church. Yes, and it, and so that's what we we really focus on is how do we help fulfill that mandate for the church? How do we help the church okay. be able to find and plug in what their talents are into the needs that exist within all the foster care um, uh, stakeholders, whether it's child protective services or okay. fostering Hope Texas uh, or or one of the or Casa or any of the stakeholders that work with with foster children, um, child placing agencies, okay, um, uh, United Way, the court system, the tech, the education system. Um, where are the problems, and how does the church use its skills and talents to meet the needs of the problems? And you know, uniquely, when you asked me how this got started, yes, um, it got started because um, I myself was a foster kid. Oh. So coming oh. out of the system, you know, and having some experience in that, and then my husband and I raised 26 foster children, and we've adopted, you know, multiple, wow. <laughs> and we've also had kinship. So we've we've been involved in this in the system in so many ways that it became obvious that we, I specifically knew a lot about the system. And uh, accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior when mm -hmm. I was in third grade, he became my daddy when I needed a daddy. Gotcha. Um, right. That became my bridge of understanding that to whom much is given, much is required. Okay. And my gifts and my experiences were really an opportunity for me to be a voice and to connect um, where other people wanted to be solutions but didn't understand the problem, how I could help them understand the problems and where those solutions would be most effectively used and uh, for good. And so okay. the, it okay. really started from a um, an experience that started out of, just I think that's what God does in all of us is he takes yes. who we are um, and what what we're what our experiences are and what we are willing to do with them and um, and then asks us to use those to invest into the kingdom. And so that's who I am. That's what I okay. breathe. That's what I eat. That's <laughs> what I sleep. So I started off because of my experiences in foster care and because of my experiences um, as a foster parent and working with the CASA and the courts and the and child protective services and all the different um, organizations that were involved in me being foster parent as right, well, right. Um, that there was some real needs to have solutions. So we started collaborating on how could we offer solutions with, at the time I was Mrs. Texas. Okay. And so there was a platform that they ask every queen to have, okay, okay. which can I just say, look, <laughs> pageantry is not my thing. Um, it wasn't at the time. Now right. I have a, a much appreciation for it. But at the time, it was something that my foster kids and my adopted children, we watched on television of the Mrs. America pageant. And they said, we we would be able to demomify you. And you could have oh. a platform for foster care that could transform foster care. Well, I knew from being a young girl that that's what God was calling me to do, was to be okay. a part of the transformation of foster care. So that was never a secret in my heart. I just didn't know what that was going to look like. So I said, I told him, I said, fine, if you think that would be fun, you go look it up and find out what you need to. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll discuss it. Well, they registered me uh, to be in the pageant. And lo and behold, after four years of first runner ups, <laughs> I ended up winning. Um, but it opened a door of opportunity for me to communicate with fo about foster care to legislators. Okay. All over Texas. 
uh, to all the different stakeholders. It gave me a platform. And so here in Montgomery County, um, mm -hmm. which is where I lived at yes. the time, um, we were able to take that platform and really solidify a relationship with the county commissioner's court, the mayor's office, CASA, um, three child placing agencies. And we got together and started working on how can we bring exposure to okay. the needs of foster care. Okay. So we did that through uh, an event called National Adoption Day, which okay. is November is National Adoption Month. And all over the country, I was working with Dave Thomas Foundation and, hmm. and all over the country to really bring awareness to the need for, fa uh, for families to adopt foster kids because they were sitting in limbo in foster care for so long okay. that the state of Texas said, we've got to, we got to get these kids into permanent loving families. So one of the things we did here in Montgomery County was really rally around one event called Adoption Day okay. in, lieu, in, in connection to National Adoption Month. So all these entities, we worked together, we found what each other's talents were, what their, their um, skill sets were, okay. and came together and hosted the best <laughs> National Adoption Day in, this, in, in the state of Texas. And it was used as a template across the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how so, long ago was that? That start, was 2005. 2005, okay. Yeah. So um, th that was, and that became how the National Adoption Day festivities around the United States would, would look. So quintessentially, um, we came together around an event for the kids, and in doing so, it grew to now we have um, about 1,400 churches that wow. are involved, um, and we can talk about the transformation of how it went from a secular yes. into a you know true you know how do we bridge the talents of the church, not just working within the stakeholders, but it started with um, eight total partnerships okay. and collaboration to now we have a whole group of churches and 73 stakeholders, foster care stakeholders that we work with. So wow. it's really been amazing. Wow. Well, <clears throat> I hope, uh, I, I kind of now wish we had more time because I don't think an hour or a little less is going to do justice for all that you said. Uh, so, uh, well, we're going uh, into break. Uh, as we come out of break, of course, Terry has said so much. And in studio is Terry Jagger. She's the president of Orphan Care Solutions. You're listening to the Good News Program. Um, we will, uh, we'll go into break here. Uh, as we come out, there's a, a lot to unpack. We'll talk about uh, kind of where it began, uh, what she was doing as she led up to Mrs. Uh, Texas and then Mrs. U USA or Mrs. America. Mrs. America. Mrs. America. Uh, and uh, and kind of how that, that grew. Because uh, I do want to talk about the stakeholders and then mm -hmm. and the partnerships. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to the Good News Program. We're broadcasting on Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5, 106.1, streaming live on IRLoneStar.com. And 
In the studio, if you're just joining us, is uh, Terry Jaggers, both Mrs. Texas and Mrs. Uh, U.S. America. USA. Okay. U.S. America. Uh, U.S. America. She's the president of Orphan Care Solutions, which is really what we want to talk about. Uh, and uh, in the in the first segment, we talked a little bit about the origin uh, of it, sort of the 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 sense of call and the sense of passion, even early in your life, being part of the orphan or uh, often orphan organization. Uh, and you really kind of described quite a lot about what was going on. Uh, so if you don't mind, take a little bit more time and talk a little bit about what you were seeing from the state and local uh, level, the governmental level. Uh, you, you mentioned several organizations, including CASA, which I'm not familiar with, so maybe we can describe a little bit about those. Uh, where you saw the solution, where, where it really lies, which is, ne- which is the church, uh, and then how you maybe built an organization as the clearinghouse, which you described, to sort of bridge all of these. Yes. So yes. there's quite a, quite a bit of work that you've done here. Well, you know, and you're right. There's <laughs> so much. Foster care is such a monster. I mean, it's, it's a bureaucratic nightmare and monster with yeah. so many tentacles. And um, so I hope I didn't overwhelm your, your no, listeners. No, not at all. But, yeah, um, I, I mean, you, <clears throat> because you're right. It, it is this sort of big, I mean, as, as an outsider who's never fostered before, it does look like this big amalgam, impenetrable. Even if I had the heart, yeah. you know, even if God laid on it on on us as a family to have a heart to go foster, we would have no clue where to start. Yeah, and absolutely. so, and then maybe that's part absolutely. of the problem. You know, so. and I think I think that there is an an and kind of an understanding that the state of Texas or any state has um, total responsibility of everything regarding every child in all circumstances and situations. And, and that in and of itself is true, Mm. but it ends at a certain place. And that's called with the caregiver, because there are some things that a caregiver, a foster parent does have day-to-day control over, right? But you still have bureaucracies and responsibilities that you have to take. They're a part of your life. I mean, they become a part of your life. So is it with the legalities of yeah, it, the qualifications yeah, and yeah. So, background checks and so yeah, forth? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk, okay. let me talk about that no, for, go right ahead. Um, okay, so when when I was in foster care as a, in all areas of it, some of the biggest problems that we saw or that we have um, surround, number one, the the need of foster and adoptive parents. Okay, so mm. the, the okay. reality of how many families we have that are willing to foster temporarily take children into their care, Right. Um, we are 300% beneath what we need. Wow. 300. I mean, we could triple what we have and we would barely cover what the, what the federal judge has said we must do because the federal judge made a ruling that Texas is foster care um, and the way that the, the state is caring for its children is unconstitutional and is not protecting children. Now that's a huge really? whack. Yeah, that was three years ago. And so we're, that was why the focus that's of foster care has been so important to the lieutenant governor, to the governor, okay. why you're hearing so much about it right now is in the last couple of years, because things have to change or Texas is going to have some severe federal issues. Right. Okay. So what, what so uh, could number you answer one, what, what made it unconstitutional? Yeah. So number one okay. is the reality that we don't have enough families to put these kids in. Okay. Okay. When you have um, a family who say you wanted to be a foster parent Mm -hmm. and you and your wife said, you know, Mm -hmm. we're interested, but we don't really know what it takes. You wouldn't know. Right. Um, And you say, well, we could take one or maybe two 
children, right? right? So you get your license. It does require your training and, and your criminal background and your home studies. And you do all the things that the red tape asks of you to do, the bureaucracy okay. asks of you to do. And then you get your first one or two children in your home. And then you find out that um, 87% of the children in Montgomery County that are in foster care in the court system cannot be placed in Montgomery County because we don't have enough homes for them. So 87% of the children that are in our court system right here across the street, um, their cases are open here, but the children are not placed here because we don't have enough homes. So where are so they now? All over the state of Texas. And they're separated. You get foster kids that are sibling groups that are from in Galveston to Fort Bend to Dallas to San Antonio, because truly it becomes like a cattle call of available beds. Caseworkers say, hey, I have a sibling group we just removed that we have three kids. Is there any beds anywhere in Montgomery County? It's a four-year-old, a six-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And somebody says, well, I have a family that said that they wanted to take only two kids, uh-huh. but they only have two. Maybe they'll be willing to take a couple of the younger ones to go with them. Okay. So then you end up with four because gotcha. you say you'll take the four right. and the six-year-old but you can't take the 12 year or the 11 year old. So that 11 year old ends up being placed at the next available appropriate home for an 11 year old, which may be, could be miles and miles, miles counties, away, counties right, away, away, even in another region. Oh my okay? Goodness. okay. So um, the fact that most siblings are separated is common. That's not huh. an anomaly. It's common okay. that siblings are separated because again, if you're looking at what beds are available, you've got families that may have one, Right. may be willing to extend beyond what their original agreement and boundaries were within their marriage right? and say, well, maybe we can take one more. Um, but it's it literally becomes a, where is there an availability for any? And the whole state wow. of Texas is, is under that scenario. So that's one of the problems that the federal judge said, this right. is a problem. We need to be keeping our kids in the county at which they have the legal jurisdiction, number one. That allows us to better serve those kids. Okay, I mean, right. think about how right. those oh, caseworkers, how are they supposed to travel and to be able to see the kids all over yeah. every month? Well, that lays, lies with another problem that the state had is that they didn't have enough caseworkers. So you have caseworkers with 30 and 45 kids as an average. Could be 30, could be 45. How do you visit every child in a month and do the paperwork and go to court and make sure you meet with their child advocate, the CASA advocate, and still have a life. Impossible. That is, it's impossible. Right. And so they weren't doing their job because it wasn't that they didn't want to do it. They couldn't do it. Right. So you had recruitment issues um, and retention issues on both sides of the equation. You had them on the state side with their caseworkers, right? Okay. Caseworkers leaving every, you know, the average caseworker wouldn't make it a year. Right. So wow. you're there. And so what happens to those cases, those kids, they get a new caseworker. Right. I mean, it's just a perpetual There's just, just problem. no relationships anywhere. And it just, right. And so then you no have trust, no, no trust, no, no, no continuity. The no court continuity. doesn't really know what's happening. Right. Um, they, the court has a case that's every six months and they're barely finding out the paperwork getting to them the morning of right. trying to figure out and weed through who is the caseworker on this case. And when was the last time these children were seen? And, you know, when were they last together? Right. You know, th- then you also have the foster parents side of it wow. who are saying, you know, um, um, I'm burned out. I, we only, <clears throat> we said we would only take two kids. Now we've got six. You know, we can't okay. do this anymore. 
Um, so the foster parent burnout becomes so severe. So we must, number one problem, number one solution must be the recruitment of foster and adoptive families. It must be. If Until we can solve that problem, we're going to continue to perpetuate problem after problem after problem, including recidivism of abuse, which was the right. second thing yeah, that the federal judge said was a problem, that we are putting children in group homes and we are putting children in whatever bed is available. Right. That's not appropriate for that child to be put in. So let's say there's okay. an 11 year old who was sexually abused. Mm. Do you really think that it would be a good placement to put that 11 year old girl that had been sexually abused into a home with a four and a five year old? Mm. You see the potential yeah. tra trauma and circumstances where a 11 year old might think that certain behavior of affection is appropriate and then uh, acts out on that behavior right. with somebody that she finds she has a compassion for. Right. Right. So you've, you, we're, we're dis, we're not, we're not taking care of our, our kids right. and we're not taking care of the homes where the kids are being placed when we are putting them anywhere we can find a bed. Wow. Then okay. you take that one step further and you talk about it from group home situations where you have no ability to put a child in a, in a foster home because you have none. So you're putting them in group homes. Well, now, now are you've these got run by the state. Generally? Um, they are run by they're, they're, so they're nonprofit. Well, they're nonprofit organizations mm, okay. that have licensed by the state uh, okay. to put okay. children in them. And okay? this may be what, 20? They could be 30? anywhere from seven okay. to we have one that has 62. Okay. Okay. So lots of lots of different scenarios. But what happens in those group homes too often and what the federal judge communicated about was that an abuser, abused child will abuse another child in the home. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of ability to um, give them the services that they need right. to be able to help either the caregiver in the home or the children in the home that are necessary. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it certainly seems as, as you've already said, you've already gotten uh, a per perhaps a sense of abandonment. Yes. And then you have in uh, sort of a, a lack of continuity of caring from either state workers or foster care homes. Uh, and it would seem like that even with the problems of, of sexual abuse, there's no stability to be able to start at all in the healing right. of that child. There's so and much then, trauma. And then you're putting them into a situation, as you've already said, where they're going to act out with no with no supervision, no healing, no prayer, no loving family. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just is. The trauma becomes more intense. Yeah. Trauma on trauma on trauma on wow. abandonment what? on trauma on abandonment. Wow. Uh, well, God bless your work. Well, we, um, we are in studio with Terry Jagger. She is the president of Orphan Care Solutions. We've up until now been talking a lot about the description and definition of the problem. And as we come back from our break, we'll begin to talk about some of the solutions that they have uh, because it is, uh, it, there are rays of hope uh, in in the mix of all of the stuff that we've talked about thus far that's bad. Uh, so you, again, we're Terry Jaggers. We're here with Orphan Care Solutions, uh, and we'll talk to you on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Good News Show with Ted Cox.
The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Welcome back to the Good News Program with Ted Cox. In the studio, we have Terry Jaggers, who is the uh, president of Orphan Care Solutions. We were just talking uh, before the break uh, about some of the problems that are contained within this, uh, this sort of huge um, uh, effort of placing foster care. And so we, uh, we stopped about mid-thought, so I wanted Terry to finish up a couple of her thoughts, and then we'll begin to move into all of the solutions that we have, because uh, certainly while in the mix of all of this sort of glo doom and gloom and bad news, there is lots yes. uh, to be thankful for, lots of rays of hope, a lot of work to be done, no doubt. Uh, and then, uh, so as we talk about that, we'll end up, for those of us, uh, for those of you who are streaming live uh, on us, you can uh, go to the uh, website, uh, orphancaresolutions.com. If you're listening live, I'll post uh, all of these connections on our Facebook page, uh, the Good News Program on Facebook, so that you can see, because what we're, where we'll end up after the next break is how you can get involved and what their needs are and how you can get involved. Uh, there are several organizations that we'll be talking about that need uh, certainly a lot of help, both presence as well as donations. Uh, so we'll talk about that. So Terry, go ahead and pick back up on, sure. on some of your... Yeah. Things that uh, that uh, are uh, broken a bit and where you're trying to fix. Right. So, like I said, number one, we must work on the re recruitment okay. and the retention of caregivers, people that have a heart to foster, but not just foster, to adopt. Okay. So that would be the second okay. um, need. We have a, we have um, here in Montgomery County, and just as, you know, we, we could yeah. talk about all over Texas, but sure. here in Montgomery County, um, we have on average about 105 children on any one given day eligible to be adopted. 105. Yeah. And so that's just on any one given day. Um, they, there's, a, you know, they get adopted, new ones come, get terminated. So there, there's, you know, that's about average. Okay. But the majority of those kids are teenagers. You know, a lot of families are willing to right. adopt young people. Young, right. Um, so, but not, not everyone's willing to adopt uh, a child that's 13. And over. Mm, okay. And so we do have a couple of solutions that we can talk about, about ways that um, a permanency is established okay. because not everybody will want to adopt. Maybe they want to become permanent in a mentoring role. Okay. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, before we go, go too far away from, cause we kind of glossed over, well, you get your license yes. and then we kind of moved into it. Yeah. So let, let's just take a, just a half a step back and say, okay, somebody's listening, somebody's streaming live, somebody's on your website now. And they say, you know, I'm really interested in this. Uh, can you describe a little bit about 
kind of the qualifications or the process mm-hmm. by which they mm-hmm. would become licensed to foster. Right. Uh, uh, because again, as, as somebody from the outside, I look at it as daunting and perhaps too much work that I don't just simply don't want to do it because it's too much. But perhaps, perhaps I'm thinking about it wrong. Well, you might be, but you might not be. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. So I want to give Let's, people a, a sure. flavor for, you know, what exactly sure. is involved to become licensed. Yes, to um, to become a licensed foster parent, uh, depending on the organization you choose to uh, be licensed with. Oh, so, so you can be of, Right, okay. so you can be licensed by the county. Okay. Or you can be licensed by any uh, an, any one of a number of child placing agencies. So okay. let me throw out a few names. Okay. Okay. Now, would so, these be on your website? Just throw y- right yes. On? Okay. Yes. These are some of our partners. So, um, so if you are listening and you're interested, go to uh, orphancaresolutions.com and you'll be able to get the details about yes. what Terry's about to say. Yes. So so we have organizations like Depelchen, Arrow Child and Family Ministries, okay. A World for Children, Pathways, uh, Buckner. Okay. So I think no, have, those all these are all nonprofit, right? Okay. Nonprofit, non-governmental, um, non-governmental, okay. um, child placing agencies, meaning okay. they get, okay. they get licensed from the state to be able to manage foster parents. Okay. So that the state can put children in those foster families homes. Okay. All right. Okay? I'm following you. Okay. Now the state itself, each County can do it as well. So okay. they can be their own. Okay. But not many people will choose to go that route because this county's real main job should be and is to investigate and take care of the perp- the situation okay. with the perpetrators it, and the kids. Okay. So when you're having all entities controlled by one, uh, you've got the caregivers, the right. licensed families, and the children and the courts and all of it, where's the conflict of interest potential? Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So so you most families will go to a nonprofit child placing agency and they can look those up on our website. They can also look them up, um, just Google child placing agencies and then the city or the county that you're interested in. Okay. And they'll okay. pop up and give okay. you different ones. Um, then once you select an agency that you would be interested in being licensed with, um, there are certain state requirements, but then each of them may have something a little bit that they tweak differently. Okay. So, but by, by and large, there is um, a, a like six or eight weeks of a training course hmm, that okay. they take to right. learn about trauma and the effects of these kids' trauma um, and how uh, how to handle and, and create boundaries for your family. Uh, and it's it's just a very intensive discipline okay. understandings what the expectations are of caregivers. So you now, go through the this other training. kids. So if you so if you're a fostering and you have a couple of other kids, they don't go through the they training. don't go through the mm-hmm. same one. So it's no. incumbent upon the, the parents mm-hmm. to to properly train and, mm-hmm. and so forth their own kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, in terms to, of preparation, to, to train your own family, right? And to yes. So, um, but most of it lies on the the parents' responsibility. Then okay. there is a uh, a home study. That is done. So somebody from outside is contracted by the child placing agency to come out and review your home, make sure oh, there's nothing okay. crazy, secretive happening, um, that and and that your home is safe. That there is, if you have a swimming pool, that uh-huh. it has um, a fence around it. Okay. That there are certain safety standards that allow for a ch- the state to be able to put a child in that home because it will be safe. Okay. Okay. And then, um, uh, then there is a criminal background check required on okay. any of the adults in the home. So if you have a mother-in-law or somebody also in the home, mm, that, okay. that's required as well. Um, and then once that's all done, then you can be issued your license. Uh, and that is determined how many kids you have, 
is is part of or how many you're able to the state's willing to give you right. uh, depends on many factors, okay. including the square footage of your home, the configuration of your bedrooms, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Income. Um, and income. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Although income is really not as big of a deal as you okay. may think. Yeah. Um, it really is. Can you manage to take care of your household? Okay. Not, are you wealthy? Okay. So they don't Fair put enough. a, yeah. they don't put a, a dollar amount on it. Okay. It's, can you provide a loving, safe environment that you can manage on your own so that the money that you get from a subsidy of these for, you know, mm. for the kids is okay. not your income. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. They don't want yeah. you, they it, don't want it to be somebody's career right. to be, but on some standards, I think that that may be a, a problem in and of itself because I think mm. that some of these professional families right. that take care of special needs kids, um, it is their career. It is their responsibility to learn and to keep, keep up with how to make sure that the, trachs and the and the and the way they're handling some of these children right. um, are up to date and 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 so they can't really do that and be working in other jobs if you're taking yeah, four and five yeah, yeah. medically fragile children yes that is a career it is a profession and so i do think that there is but they do also get a different level of care uh, okay. financial reimbursement so anyway so that's just another yeah, no, perfect but you know not everybody's called to foster or adopt some you know we have a need for right. that that's severe you know foster adopt but we also believe that everyone's called to do something. Right. So some of the other problems yep. that have needs of solutions include our mentors for our aging out children. Okay. Our kids that are, you know, 14 and older that are getting to a place where they're having to start figuring out, what do I do when I have nobody? I'm going to mm. age out this system. A and at then what, what age? 18? 18, 18 is when they can age out. But um, they can also extend their foster care experience to 21, but that has to be voluntary. And not many children desire. By the kids. Yes. Okay. The 18-year-old the, the has to say, I'm willing, I want to be a part of an extended foster care experience, but most don't. Okay. If, you, if you've ever raised a child yourself, yeah, you no, know, 18, 18 they want to do it on their own. <laughs> they want to. So, but if and, a kid, if, if children, if, if, if I was to say a kid, but there may be multiple kids, are 18 and they want to go to a local community college or a college, mm -hmm. they may yes. they may opt to extend. And of course the parents- Well, the you don't even kids. need to extend to do that. Ah, you can, okay. you can, the state okay. of Texas pays for a child that's aging out of our system for free college tuition and fees um, is paid free by the state of Texas. Oh. So that's free. And so okay. they can go to Sam Houston State University, right. which is one of our, our collaborative partners. Um, they could go to Lone Star. Yeah, the Lone problem Star. is, is going to Lone Star, they don't have housing. So then you would need to figure mm. out what do you do about housing, which is then when you have organizations like Hope's Path okay. um, or Angel Reach that allows and has an opportunity for them to have a residential uh, ability to live somewhere okay. and pursue their uh, their dreams, their goals, their academic goals uh, further. So there okay. are aging out programs that have residential uh, opportunities, res okay. but there's um, a lot of them that age out majority of our youth that age out system become homeless and then become sex traffic victims, oh, a drug into right. drugs, into crime, because that's the population that will accept them. Right. Right. The church well, we'll has talk, abandoned them. Well, I do want to talk in our last segment about all of the solutions. Uh, are there last with the last 60 seconds or so before we go into uh, the break, are there any other problems we want to address yes. before we get into the I solutions? would just say that there's, yeah. there's other problems, but some of those problems are tangible. The needs to help with school supplies and backpacks okay. and Christmas gifts and okay. uh, and scholarship funds for summer camps and things like that. So there are gotcha. problems that the government does not fund okay. that we can the church can engage in for solutions. Okay. 
All right. Well, again, you're you're listening to the Good News Program. We have uh, Terry Jaggers in, who's the president of Orphan Care Solutions. Uh, we've talked, uh, uh, covered quite a lot of ground. Uh, but in our final segment, what we'll be talking about primarily is all the solutions you can get involved in. Uh, we'll see you on the other side of the break. This is Ted Cox, the Good News Program. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936 936- 647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. And welcome back. You're listening to the Good News Program with Ted Cox. In our studio, we have Terry Jaggers, who's the president of Orphan Care Solutions. Uh, and Terry, we've covered so much ground today, and, and I do want to have you back uh, on uh, to talk about some of these things, because you've got so much work that you're doing uh, that I want to take time, uh, like we were just talking about, the aging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll pick back up on on a lot of these other topics uh, as you come back and visit with us over time. But in this last segment, uh, while we've talked a little bit about the problems and the enormity, the seemingly enormity of the problem, uh, so talk a little bit about some of the events you have coming up, yes. uh, some of the great partners that you have, and, and just take a few minutes and give us hope and also, where, where people who are listening, uh, either live on broadcast or streaming online, uh, they can go to orphancaresolutions.com to get all the details of what you're about to say. But tell us all the things you have going on where people could uh, participate. I'm excited about yeah. what God's doing. This is uh, going to be fun. So we have um, Orphan Care Solutions and uh, KSBJ Christian Radio mm-hmm. have partnered together uh, in the James 127 initiative, which is to really... Uh, allow the church an understanding of how they can reflect the heart of Jesus, the heart of God um, that he had for, for us right. um, through caring for the widows and the orphans. So how, how, how do we plug in the church? How do we give them um, understanding so that they can do what God's gifted them to do and do it well? Not asking the church to change, not asking the church to be different, asking them to understand how to invest their talents mm-hmm. and their gifts into the kingdom for the least of these. Mm-hmm. How does that look? So, well, and sometimes that is telling them to change. That will, uh, but helping and them it might, nudge them along. It might be nudging them into <laughs> understanding that they can use their talents. Exactly. But I don't think changing their talents is what we want. No. What we want to do is keep them Agreed. so that they don't have to oh reinvent the church right. and reinvent literally the building, the church itself, and what their ministries are inside it, right. or the individuals within the church. But it's an appropriate biblical understanding of where to. Yes. Point those talents. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. So one of the ways, yes. so the first thing we're going to be doing is on October 12th and on o- October 13th. So either one of those days, um, we're hosting pastor mini conferences. Okay. So that pastors all over the um, the 12 county area of okay. Harris, Montgomery, Waller, Walker, Liberty, Chambers, Fort Bend, Galveston, you know, all the 12 counties that surround okay. greater Houston area, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. So those pastors can go to one of those two conferences. Okay. One's on a Thursday, it's lunch and and, and, a, and a mini workshop or mini conference. The next day is a breakfast 
um, and same duplicate conference okay. so that pastors can come and learn ways that they can communicate to their church on Orphan Sunday. Okay. Orphan Sunday is or is is in November. November. It always is in November. It's always been the first Sunday in November this year. Um, we're hosting Orphan Sunday is going on two Sundays. It's actually going to be two Sundays. So it's okay. Orphan Sunday is November the 5th, 5th. and it's November the 12th. 12th. And okay. it's typically where the churches observe and celebrate and highlight the orphan ministries they have, both international and domestic ministries. Okay. So okay. if they have orphan ministries abroad or if they do orphan care in the community with foster care, okay. they highlight them. They, they, they sometimes raise funds for them during that time. But it's often the time when the, the pastor talks about what is it like for the church to engage okay. um, and James 127 and the heart of the orphan that God has for us. Okay. So that kind of thing. And so okay. we provide on that, on those pastor summit uh, conference dates, information, uh, uh, videos, storylines for them that they can share, um, or just give them some information for they could use if they choose to want to, okay. but also give them some ideas from other pastors, how they've been doing Orphan Sunday and how it points to next steps. Okay. And those next steps. But the pastors, if they wanted to register for it, do they go to your website? OrphanCareSolutions.com okay. or so, KSBJ.org. Okay. Um, either one, they all link they together. They can sign up to mm -hmm. the same. Okay. Mm -hmm. They can sign up to right. the, the, the location of their choice on, in either one of those two days. Perfect. And, um, and then that allows the pastors to be equipped to talk more, get ideas about what, what they might choose to do on their own Orphan Sunday. Some churches really highlight the foster families in it and do maybe stories, video stories of some adoptive parents okay. or families in it. Some, um, some, some talk about the ministries that they have or the ministries they'd like or, or don't know what to do and say, we really don't know what we're going to do. So how about we attend one of the Fostering Hope Texas community summits as okay. our next step? Okay. So that leads us into, we are hosting around the greater Houston area on the Saturdays, Following okay. Orphan Sundays, right? There's two Orphan Sundays. Okay. So on the Saturdays following those two Orphan Sundays, we're hosting um, five churches around the greater Houston area. Okay. The north, the south, the east, the west, and the central. Okay. Okay. Are hosting community summits in which all the different um, foster care stakeholders, people, all the different agencies, um, where they can come and, and people can come from the community and learn what is it like to foster Okay. What, what, what is the process to become a foster parent? Am okay. I interested in being a foster parent now that I've heard All a little bit about questions. it? Right. And, and so and, this will be Saturday, the 11th and the 18th? Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, so you and can, do they have to register for that? They do. Okay. Um, they do okay. register for that because we, not every church, we can't have, you know, a thousand people at a church that only holds, you know, 500. Okay. So we do have on the orphancaresolutions.com's website Perfect. where you could pick the location that you and the day okay. that fits your family's needs and you and your spouse could can go and you can learn. Are you interested in fostering and adopting? Go learn about it. After you learn about it, you may say, you know what? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe they were interested in adopting okay. and they, they learn about that and they say, no, you know, we're really not ready for that, but what else could we do? Well, maybe we could become a mentor and working with um, Hope's Path or with one of the, or, or become a CASA a child okay. advocate with the courts. What volunteer opportunities might be available in the community I might learn about? Go to the breakout sessions to learn about those. Okay. Or maybe go to a breakout sessions and learn about how do we start a ministry in our own church, right? So all these different breakout sessions are available for people to come 
learn, get their questions answered, talk to experts. And it was from a pastor that said, Terry, if I could just get everybody in one place where I could go and ask all my questions and they could say, well, that question really would be best answered by that person or that organization. If we could do that, we could really plug in our talents because one of the churches said to me, is this your first one? No, this the first is, time we've, you've done we've this? piloted four, okay, we've piloted four in Montgomery County, okay. but this is the first time we're doing it region wide, okay. big time. And it's even going to be live streamed. And wow. this is really, God's got some <laughs> hand on this. It's exciting. It's exciting. I love it. So, but there's a, this gives an opportunity for the, the churches to um, figure out where their talents lie. Uh, we had, here's a fun example. We had um, uh, a church that was really in the Montgomery County area that is April Sound um, and a great church. Uh-huh. Um, and their pastor's like, you know, most of us aren't going to foster or adopt. We're kind of a little retired community, more interested. But what else could we do? Right. And said, how about you could become licensed to become a respite provider so huh. that you could babysit and be grandparent figures to the foster families that need help? You know, with their with the oh, kids. So they so so or or maybe they could offer intellectual capital in the businesses and the things that they've already been involved in um, to one of the nonprofits. Okay. Right. Right. That are helping serve, or even to the kids that are aging out who are currently at Sam Houston or are at Lone Star okay. that have career aspirations. Could you mentor and be a part of their mentoring team? So there was lots of things we didn't ask. Um, April Sound to change who they are. Right. We ask them to pay attention to what talents that God's given them and how do they bring that into the flat, the fragile foster care system. Okay. Another church has tremendous child um, care. They have their whole children's ministry is amazing. So they're offering um, parents night outs during okay. Christmas yeah. so that the families can go Christmas shopping and have date nights so that they could maintain their family oh, that's great. and the compo- So again, yeah, it's not reinventing. Yeah. It's like, what do you do well? And, and let's and the come together. Is the, is the awareness of it? Yeah. And so this is a wonderful place. Exactly. Yes. So that those are available. So, so you have be, uh, Saturday, October, the, November the 11th and November right? the 18th. 18th okay. At churches all over the greater Houston area. Uh, here in Montgomery County, West Conroe Baptist Church is hosting the one on the 11th. Okay. And Woods Edge Community Church oh, is hosting yes. on November the 18th. Yes. So so those are the two closest to the Conroe community okay. as well. And then if you got Kingwood audience, we've got uh, Kingwood United Methodist Church and uh, Woodbridge Baptist Church of Kingwood okay. are also. So different ones in different parts of the area. Go to the website and you can see which one's closest to you. Okay. Yeah. And the website is orphancaresolutions.com. Yes. Okay. Okay. The other thing I wanted to tell you, if you have any, any, any time is. Yeah, that, we have about, about okay. three minutes left. Well, so. then, then we want you to Finish come up. out. We want you to come Take out to the Chris Tomlin concert okay. on October the 28th. The Chris Tomlin concert is at the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion. We're going to be highlighting um, all the different activities and things that are happening. Uh, and we're going to be featuring some of our community's heroes. There And I'm not going to share any more about that because I want you to be surprised. (laughs) But we have some amazing heroes, whether they are child heroes or whether they are adult heroes or or foster care heroes. But we will be um, and I and the lieutenant governor will be there as well as Kevin Brady, who's a foster, who's an adoptive parent himself. Um, Ah. So we've got some surprises with Chris Tomlin. We're going to worship together and we're going to thank God and we're going to kick that off uh, into Orphan Sunday okay, and and bridge all the opportunities that are in front of us uh, at that concert. So for the concert, uh, do, can they go on your website as well or should they go through KSBJ.org uh, KSBJ yeah. or, yes. um, the or Ticket, ticket Servant? T- yes, TicketServant.com. Ticket okay. Correct. So that's uh, Chris Tomlin on the 28th. 
Yes. Uh, and we have November the 11th and the 18th for people who are listening who are not pastors in the community. Go to uh, orphancaresolutions.com to look at all of those. Uh, any any yeah, last, last minute thing, ones? Pastors, and then we'll, I'll just yes. say, pastors, if you're listening, uh, we have a special uh, meet and greet at the Chris Tomlin concert just for you. So if you'll go to the ksvj.org website, there's a special pass for you to be able to go back and meet with Chris Tomlin and, uh, and, and, and have some conversation with us about Orphan Sunday and ways to get your church engaged again. So we're trying to hit it <clears throat> in every direction we possibly can. Yeah. Um, to, and, and, and can I, in closing, no, let me, yes, please. In you closing, have, you have let, me, let me just say, um, there have been some amazing church partners that have helped our foster families who have really faced some incredibly difficult times with Harvey. We've had foster yes. families homeless. Um, mm. And what do you do? When you've got, you want to keep your families intact and we can, we can bring in food. We can bring in beds. We can, we can bring in goods from all over the country, but we can't bring in licensed foster families. Okay. So when the churches can step up and to be messengers, angel messengers in their zip code area of local foster families, right. we're grateful. So, and so thank you yeah. to all the churches that are doing that. If your yeah. church wants to be involved in that, just let, get a hold of me at Terry at Orphan Care Solutions. Dot com and let me give you a foster family in your zip code that you can love on. That's great. Well, and again, what we've been talking about, the recurring theme is we need families. The, we need the, the children need uh, families to be able to foster uh, and then ultimately adopt if that's the way you feel like God is leading you. And Terry, this has been uh, an amazing awakening uh, at the not only the enormity of the problem, but as you work through, I wish we still had more time because it certainly appears that the enormity of the problem is going to be dwarfed mm, by amen. the beauty and the grace and the love of the solution that's about to be that's about to attack this problem. Yes. And so God bless you and thank you so much for your love and for your care. Again, you've been listening to uh, the Good News program. We've had Terry Jaggers, who's the president of Orphan Care Solutions. Uh, I will post all of these links on our Facebook page, the uh, Good News program Facebook page. Or you can go to orphancaresolutions.com. Uh, you have been listening to the Good News Program with Ted Cox. We will talk to you next Thursday. checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respected video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647- this show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images. <laughs>